Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast with your host, Andrada Aniti. This is Book Insight series with Rahila Khan that is brought to you every Thursday. In the previous three episodes, we spoke about chapter one and chapter two. Today, we are talking about chapter three called Dom's Legacy, in which we find out how Rada sees all the things in Dom's house and she's so excited to discover so many beautiful things. And at the same time, we find about how Dom wants to show his affection to the little, little girl by gifting her a small toy and a few pieces of jewelry. Now, let me please greet my, um, my, my guest, Rahila Khan. Hi, Rahi- Hi, Rahila. Welcome to another episode for the Book Insight series. Hi, Andrada. Warmest greetings to you and our dearest listeners. In regards to today's episode, we will be discussing um, about two questions that I will have for my guest. And I will dive in straight into the first one, which is um, that knowing that Rahila have worked with so many children over the past 20 years, I would like to ask my guest, how do you find Radha's reaction to this, uh, Radha's reaction in this chapter when she finds all these new things in Dom's house? Again, considering the fact that she used to have a home before, uh, but she was chased away from home by her mom, but also considering the three years she spent on the streets. Thank you once again for this beautiful opportunity um, in sharing from chapter three, um, the question one. So in working with many children, you know, over the past 20 to 30 years, um, what I've come to see with kids is that when they come from very troubled homes, there's so many perspectives to look at. And I, I like the way you have scripted chapter three and hence my sharing. So let's look at Radha. Radha came from a home where much of the things that Dom presented her with she might have had already in a home and she didn't pay attention to it. So, so often with kids, as you know, when we are in toxic situations and when it's fueled by negative uh, emotions, as kids, we don't see what is there and we don't, we don't know how to value them. And somehow I feel that's what happened with Radha as a kid. Parents who are in their own pain arising from their past do not realize how their bad behavior impacts on children. Um, even if parents give their children everything of the best, children in turn may think, what is the point of it all? Does it really matter having all the stuff because I'm not receiving their 
desired attention and affection from adults or parents. So they don't receive things given to them in a positive way as they are so in tune with their parents' negative energy. So the best things given in, a neg in negative situations somehow seem very bitter. So Radha spent three years on the street without the comforts of life. Her focus was on food and shelter and the luxuries of life, even if she might have had them at home, was forgotten because living on the street is, is very difficult for a child to do. Right. So life on the street was uh, extremely challenging. And of course, as you know, and rather, so often as children, we are gripped by fear. So you can imagine what happened to her being on the streets, being so young. She could not rest due to the hardship that she faced, uh, more especially the safety, not having safety and protection as a child. As we know, every child is entitled to the basic needs of food, shelter, and clothing. Did Radha's mother know that? Um, maybe yes and maybe no, because whatever her reasons were for chasing her away, only she knows. And so then this begs the questions that I asked in the previous uh, podcast, the responsibility that comes with wanting to have children. Right. Nearly, Radha's mother lacked greater awareness and skills as a parent. Her inability to cope and take care of a child. Perhaps the same might have happened to her. You know, so often you know, and rather that cycles are perpetuated from generation to generation. So if that happened to, yes, if that happened to Radha's mom, then she didn't know any better. So what did she do? She treated Radha in the same way. So most humans who lack awareness and parenting skills don't realize the hurt they inflict on others. Radha's mother might have been angry and in total despair when she asked Radha to leave home. Maybe she didn't know how to handle her or she may have lacked the necessary skills to raise her. Radha might have been might have seen herself as a burden. You know, and rather that's a huge, this is a very important point I'd like to make in this podcast about how often, even, even in my daily practice when working with um, my clients, even as adults, what comes up in the sessions is that most of them feel as children they are burdens to, they are burdens to their parents. And that is really sad. It yeah. becomes so deeply embedded that we carry it throughout our lives without realizing it until somebody goes into therapy or gets some kind of therapeutic intervention. So we also do not understand our soul's journey in the human experience. So we cannot judge parents. We cannot judge Radha, her mom, or Dom and his dad because we don't know a deeper soul journey or soul connection between two souls. So therefore, we got to be very open-minded as well. Does that make sense? It does total sense. Yeah, for sure it does. I uh, mean, thank you. You know, especially parents tend to, to judge children and later in life, children to judge their parents. So I totally agree with what you, what you just said. Yeah. And then 
the other point I want to make, Anuradha, today is that if you're looking at Dom's childhood, you're looking at Radha's child, childhood, it's kind of the same, correct? Right. So somehow when he saw Radha on the street, he was so drawn to her energy because what had happened at a deeper level, there was this deep sense of compassion that he felt for the child. Right. So, you know, when he was taken into the orphanage, it was the same, it was the same thing. So compassion, empathy, and unconditional love got the better of Dom. And he reached out to Radha. And, you know, somewhere deep down, there was this soul connection. And I think so often we find that with different people. And I'm sure like even on LinkedIn, we have that. You just right. tend to connect with certain people. And I think to a large degree, the way we have connected, you and me, for example, yeah. it's a very deep connection. And therefore, we can talk about the book the way we do, because somehow you didn't know me that well when you scripted your book. Yeah. And, and when I read it and I began sharing as I'm sharing now, I can't believe the, you know, the deep impact it had on me as it had with you as a writer. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because I would have never imagined that this write-up will have such an impact on yourself. You know, um, having known a bit before you're reading it, having known about your experience um, you know, just bits of, of your experience. But as you started unfolding, you know, your opinion about this book, I was, you know, I was shocked, so to say, because as I said, I, I would have never imagined it to, to have such an impact on yourself. Oh, it absolutely did. And I like this question, you know, in the way you phrased it in saying, um, Rahila, you worked with children, you know, over a span of 20 years. And that's, you know, you're on the button. And that was my motivation, actually, for leaving the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, because being an educator in the classroom, I found that no meaningful learning happens if children are emotionally dysfunctional. Right. And I found that I was drawn more to the emotionality than teaching the lesson in a way, because I found what is the point of teaching them English, science, geography, or maths when they are hurt? They are so hurt. And then I would call them during my breaks and work with them. And, and that is why this book made such an impact on me in looking at children because I was teaching in a very indigent school. Um, it was an Islamic school in the poorest uh, community of Chatsworth, just outside of Durban. And uh, I was drawn to the school out of my own need to earn money because my business didn't do that well. And I had to get back to my job, to a job to earn, to, you know, to take care of myself and my child. Right. And I remember the principal saying to me, this is a very difficult, you know, classroom of kids that I'm giving you. I hope you will manage it because other educators left. And I said, and I asked her why? And she said, half of the kids out of maybe 25, at least 10 to 15 of them were abandoned kids or kids that were abused and so forth. And I said to her, I, I embraced the challenge because at that point, I was a lot into uh, alternate therapies, looking at art therapy and looking at um, inner transformational work. And I just began my practitioner's training uh, with the journey. 
Right. And I and I and I explained that to her, and she took me on and said, "You know, I leave you with the kids." And in working with the kids, I found just my presence in not being authoritative, being one of them, and opening into a embrace of healing for them made made a huge impact on them. And she, I remember one day she called me to her office and she says, I looked at your defaulters book because she wanted our defaulters book to be sent every day to her office just to check on how teachers are handling children and who are the troubled children and so forth. And then I remember, you know, sitting across the table and she looks at me with this big smile and she says, but Rahila, I see your pages were quite full at the beginning of the three months of being here at my school. And what happened after that? I see your pages are blank. And I began sharing with her what I've been doing with the kids and just reaching out to them emotionally, mm -hmm. allowing them just to close their eyes and go inwardly and release all the toxic emotions. And when you release the negative feelings, then you embed positive right. uh, feelings. And I taught them a very simple technique. And, and that really made a huge difference to the discipline in my classroom as well. And over a period of time, she took away certain subjects and she gave me counseling for the entire school. And that was, that's what set, set the benchmark for where I am today. So I only have oh, huge gratitude to her. And working with children, I know this. And we did this with the Journey Outreach Programs throughout South Africa where we reached over six to 7,000 schools through a medical train, um, you know, via psychological services. And what we, what we learned as practitioners that, you, you know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand emotionality, where anyone can learn how to feel and access the emotions and release it just through the art of breathing. And the success we had, you know, with the project was truly awe-inspiring. And, uh, you know, listeners can also Google on the Journey website, www.thejourney.com or www.journey international. I think it's Outreach International. So, or even Africa, Journey Africa, a Journey, sorry, Journey Outreach Africa. Just to get a sense of some of the work that was done uh, in, in our country, in Africa, but also globally. Lots of journey outreach work is happening globally as well. Right. So the experience that I gained from working with kids, I feel that many people out there can learn, um, you know, simple techniques in the way I'm sharing and how they can help their own kids, for example, or how they can help themselves. And that's, that is my passion, and that's what drives me on a daily basis is teaching emotional mastery and how that can free your soul, how that can liberate your soul. Um, because your emotions make you a prisoner in your own body, actually. Right. And if you don't release it, it cycles. It cycles and, and it gets more and more toxic each day. So the secret in liberating your soul in becoming uh, to a place of well-being is releasing that energy. It's all about an energy frequency, actually. That's what an emotion is. So I, I hope I answered that question well before we go on to the second question. Sure, of course. Um, it, it's really interesting to learn about all, you know, all your insights. 
um, about raising children and how to actually start mastering our emotions from such a tender age. So it's, it's definitely something that I do hope that it will be of value for the listeners. If you want to learn more about the book that we're talking about, you can head to WorkApp or Amazon, look for The Man, The Moon and The Cascade. You're going to find it there. Let me know what you think about it. Thanks. However, yes. on, um, I know that we have agreed before we started recording to uh, discuss about two questions in this very episode because I have several for this chapter as it's a bit longer and I would like to, you know, dissect it, so to say, because it, it covers a lot, of, um, a lot of perspectives. So That's correct. Having said that, at some point, Dom gifts Rada with jewelry and toys. And I would like to learn your perspective, your opinion of why do you think that he did this? From a parent's perspective, what should we take from this, this very section of chapter three? This is a very uh, insightful question. I must say, you, you really do extract the best out of me, Andrada. Um, this is a very good question. Yeah, yeah, because so often parents, I I get this, you know, um, this kind of situation all the time in my private practice with parents because I work a lot with rehabilitating families. Right. And so often, especially now being in a technological era, we find that parents tend to overindulge kids with with, uh, toys, but now it's more techno gadgets. Mm-hmm. However, going back to Dom and Radha's uh, case, it was, you know, the toys and, and jewelry. Radha was so overwhelmed by Dom's total presence and the attention he accorded her. She felt his love, his affection and caring. It was very overpowering for her. What I found also, and Radha, in working with children, that... So often when, when we look at children or when we are with children, and, and I think teachers in the classroom would know this well, or people who work with kids, um, children especially who have been hurt or abused emotionally, physically, even sexually, often find huge difficulty in trusting others, especially adults. Rather felt some sort of safety and protection in Dom's house. So much so, that if you know, she she fell off to sleep on the chair and Dom just let her be. Right. That was so beautiful, you know, the way you, you described that. It touched my soul because what I felt with her, because in working with children, when they feel safe, I know when children come into my room, there's something about safety and trust because even with adults, some adults have not spoken about their sexual abuse or physical abuse. But the moment they enter my room, they feel some source of safety and protection, even without me speaking. And they feel so comfortable that in five minutes, they will just spill out whatever is the worst thing that happened to them or incident. And, and I found that to be so amazing in your book in the way you scripted that. You know, it was the first time in three years that someone 
and I was watching over her. Can you imagine this little girl on the street, always in fear of her life, fear to even close her eyes because she doesn't know what danger may lurk. So when she it was a dorm's place, she immediately felt safe and she just fell off to sleep. And she somehow knew that someone was watching over her, that she could do that. You know, there's no space about it. There's no thought about it. Sorry, Andrada. Right. It's so touching when you say it this way. You see, so I scripted it, but only when you you take it out, you know, as insight, it becomes so valuable. So thank you. That's a great compliment. Yes, Andrada. Also... Can you imagine a child who has been physically abused at home? That child cannot sleep because the child will always be in fear that some parent may wake up and and hurt him or her, or even if it's a perpetrator outside the home or in the family, your body is always restless. Right. And, And this is a very good point to bring home in looking at Radha and how she fell off to sleep, knowing that there's some kind of comfort. There's some kind of, almost like Dom was an angel watching over her. I think that is so special. This was a whole new experience for her as a little girl. A new reality for Radha with Dom's constant reassurance. Radha began seeing things like, for example, the soap. You know, she said uh, in your book, you wrote when she visited the the bathroom and she washed the hands and she said, and the way you wrote this, it was so beautiful. She, she used the soap, but she didn't know whether it was shampoo, but who cared as long as it smelled nice. Right. <laughs> I didn't like that. That was so, it was such a treat. You know, the simple things in life were treasured, were so treasured by her. And that really touched my heart as well. Even the soft bed, the blanket, soft furnishings make such a difference to a child. Right. She began seeing all of these simple things with new eyes and with new perspective. Even the soft toy given to her was a new source of comfort and nurturing for her, that she found a friend in a soft toy almost. And every child deserves this kind of emotional and physical presence from parents. Unfortunately, parents are so busy working to put food on the table, as we said, to provide food, shelter, and clothing, that we miss out the human component the most. And this is what you highlighted so beautifully in this chapter, especially in this question that I'm answering about Dom's total presence to her. And, and you know, we said every child deserves this kind of comfort and attention. You know, we are all her children in, in adult bodies. So her children in adult bodies, like Radha's mother, didn't know. She didn't know herself that she was hurting her child. That's how unaware she could have been. And you know, the sad thing is, I think 90% of parents are that way. They don't realize what they say. We hurt our children verbally, physically, emotionally, financially, without realizing it. So... Again, we don't know what might have happened to Radha's mother as a child. Perhaps she didn't experience the love from her parents. She didn't receive any kind of empathy and compassion. So what did she do? She just dished out abuse, neglect, and selfishness. So what did Dom do? Dom taught Radha what her mother didn't about the importance of every 
thing about every item in his home. I think that is so special. Look at the bonding that happened in just teaching simple things. So Radha learned, she also learned to have reverence for everything. And I think reverence is such an important word when we bring out the excellence in everything. For example, whether it was shampoo or soap, she washed her hand and the reverence for the smell of it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the little things in life matters the most. And with reverence always comes gratitude. So she had so much gratitude for soap, for shampoo, just the brush for her hair the blanket to keep her warm. And Dom exposed her to caring, loving, giving, and nurturing. So with unconditional love, trust takes on a whole new meaning for Radha. Shouldn't every parent do this with their child? Teaching life skills, taking responsibility for every step, every milestone with the child's growth or in the child's growth rather? be it physically, emotionally, spiritually, just for us to be present to children is such an amazing gift. We must ask ourselves, you know, before having a child or more children, can we as adults really truly do this? Can we totally be present in every moment? And this is the sense of bringing out the best human in us. It starts in the home. It starts with us as a human in what we can do for our child and children. Otherwise, what is the point of being human? What is the point of earning all the money? So I think for me, being human first takes precedence over everything. It is our responsibility to love, care, and nurture our offsprings in the best possible way. And today, with technology and information, we are in the information age. That information is so easily out there, available out there, that we can find, we, you know, at the touch of a button, we can learn about parenting skills. There's no excuses anymore to learn and to gain knowledge. So emotional intelligence on Google is available. Every skill is available on Google. So there's no excuse for any parent. So Dom was totally involved then in Radha's education and supported her throughout high school even. You know, they celebrated every activity together. And I think this is very powerful that you, you, you wrote this, you mentioned this in your book. It's very, very important to see how that unfolded from the time she's a little girl right into high school. And that they got to really connect with each other. And I think it's the human connection that we must develop between parents and children, that connection. So often there's a disconnect with parents and children. So we need to learn how to connect in a more profound way. And the only way we can do that is by being present in every way to our kids. And that is how it is supposed to be. So the greatest lesson is in being a parent is to learn how to be a child first because wow. when we go back in time we've forgotten we've lost our innocence and purity as children because we've always been scolded at or being told what to do and then we lose our innocence because now we have to conform to fit into our parents box and I think that is where as humans over a passage of time 
we've forgotten how to be human. Does that make sense, Anradha? That's so powerful. Well, I know that for me, at least, you've touched a really, really sensitive chord with, with your, your last phrases. It's, it's true. I mean, we as parents definitely need to get involved more and create this bond, communication, relationship with our children and, you know, kind of leave everything aside when we're with them. Yeah. 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 You know, the other point I'd like to make, you know, in observing parents and children, but obviously, you know, there's, there's this beautiful saying, the thing we need to learn the most we teach. So why do I do what I do is because I needed how to learn to be a parent by helping other parents so I could see myself. And, you know, sometimes in dishing out good advice or doing coaching, we need to take our own advice and coaching. And for me, that has been very profound. Um, when my own child brought me to book about certain things, as he still does, and I got to sit back and I got to allow, allow that to digest as well for me in, in how I am doing certain things, my behavior in the way I speak. And it's good sometimes that we need to listen to our children and take their good advice as well. Thank you, Andrada. This was a interesting session. I, I hope we made the desired impact, you know, out there. And I hope the listeners enjoyed this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for such insights for today, Rahila. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And I'm so looking forward to our next episode. Have a wonderful oh, Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrada. Likewise. Take care now. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead. And please, don't forget, smile at life, and life will smile right back at you.